first episode of The Late Show with David Letterman, but it was already The Late Show, so Carson had already retired. I don't have any memories of Carson. I'm, I know I'm older than you, but I I would have been six when he retired, and I just don't think anything in on The Tonight Show entered my sphere. But I do remember my mom letting me stay up probably some Friday night, and I guess she wasn't a fan, but of the two, she watched Letterman. And I can remember a few of the like iconic David Letterman episodes. I can remember watching them, either when they originally aired or a rerun, but like not like a YouTube clip now. Like I can remember it being on TV. And one of them was the infamous Drew Barrymore lap dance. Do you know that oh, one? Oh, The Flash, yes. The Flash. <laughs> yes. I do remember watching that and uh, thinking like, as a little kid, you're like, oh my gosh, this show's like, <laughs> it's like, like getting into like Jerry Springer territory. You know what I yes. mean? Like, you're like, oh, this is adult. This is risque. I shouldn't be watching this. But it just seemed like so much fun, right? Yeah. And I, and I feel like in those days, I think the perception is that stuff like that was happening all the time, mm-hmm. which may not be true. Some episodes, I'm sure, were just like pretty standard and boring. But when you watched that show as a kid, it, it felt kind of like what maybe like Jackass was to a generation later on. Like not mm-hmm. nearly that gross or extreme, but Letterman had that kind of like, let's just throw stuff off the roof and watch it smash. Or let's like, <laughs> you know, let's let's have races on office chairs with fire extinguishers. Like it, it was just kind of zany and off the wall and stupid, but a lot of fun when you're a kid. Yeah, and I, I, cause I didn't obviously watch it live, but uh, the Drew Barrymore thing is is pretty iconic. Uh, it gets referred to a lot, and I think they talked about it on her show, which was kind of a nice full circle moment uh, when Letterman was on her show. I think it was her birthday as well, because I believe it's his birthday when she flashes right. him, right? That's yes. right. Yeah. And she was like, in the 90s, she was like kind of like the bad girl still, I believe. So, I mean... <laughs> trendy as you would say it was very trendy uh what people were talking about i'm assuming a lot right when she did it yeah i mean again i was so young i i don't (laughs) i I wasn't like at the water cooler the next day being like oh my god you see what happened (laughs) but i definitely definitely have memories of of watching that and and the whole uh dave and oprah thing what's that i don't know what that is oh well maybe we'll well, here, let, let, me, let me introduce we'll, the show. We'll get into it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Raised on film. Andrew's back. We're talking late night. Andrew, welcome back to the show. How have you been? I've been great. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to be back on and, and stretch my legs. Yeah, like it's... Uh, I was saying this to you before the show, and I'm a little excited because as everyone that knows me knows, I, I'm usually pretty planned. And this is a pretty spontaneous episode for me. Very little research. Um, I'm not an expert. I have lots of questions for you. I know since we've met, we've talked about Late Night a lot. You're a big Letterman fan. You and I had the pleasure of seeing Letterman together in person when we were in New York. So I'm kind of excited because I have a few things to say. We're going to kind of dabble a little bit here and there. we got a few things we want to touch on. So I guess we'll just continue with that. What I want to know right off the hop is, I know you're a big Letterman fan. Did you also watch Jay Leno when you were younger? I don't think I've sat through a full episode of anything Jay Leno's ever hosted, ever. Interesting. Okay. And why do you think that is? Well, that's a great question. Um, You know, they called them the late night wars Mm -hmm. in the early 90s. 
and maybe there was just something about like sports where you just pick a side i don't know like i want to say i was too young to care or um uh like have any sort of particular uh alliance or allegiance to to letterman over like i didn't hate leno i just nothing was appealing about the show maybe it was because i uh, just started with letterman and knew letterman and was comfortable with letterman and then when you'd flip over to watch the tonight show it just felt like a world I didn't belong in. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Is that a little strange? Icky, yeah. It felt like you were cheating on David Letterman. <laughs> felt like I was cheating. The set was like brighter and and I didn't and I didn't like Leno. Like his style. I've always yeah, there's something about him. Even a few things I watched today, I'm like, there's just something I've never gravitated towards Leno. I don't know what it is. He seems like a nice guy when he's interviewed. Like, you know what I mean? He seems like a genuine kind of sweet guy. I I don't know. I don't even know. I haven't watched enough of him to really grasp his personality. He seems a little sleazy. Well, that's what we've heard. I mean. Just even the way he talks. I I know there's all like the Conan and Letterman thing and all that. I get that. I mean, it's show business. I get it. He was looking out for himself. But just the way he talks and I just get like a used car salesman vibe from him. Just a little bit. Just kind of like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Letterman Letterman seems like he has a very... I, okay, this is my example of it. When they all came back on his final show, do you remember he had like 10 of his favorite guests? They mm-hmm. seemed loyal. They seemed like they loved this guy. I'm sure, like I know Bill Murray was on the show a lot, and Alec Baldwin and Jerry Seinfeld, but there was just, there's something about, I don't see this huge affiliation with Leno. I, I don't know, but I don't know enough about it. I'm, I'm talking up my ass here, but just listen to the stuff today. I'm like, I, I don't, I get just, again, I, I know he was popular and all this, but I'm team Letterman a hundred percent. I'm with you. So he, 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 I think on his show, he came across as kind of cocky like that. That's was his, it. That's a good word. That was his yeah. kind of pompous, maybe a little full of himself, but as we'll talk about, I'm sure he always got better ratings than Letterman always. Mm-hmm. So he, he must appeal to a really broad spectrum of people um so you never watched it either well i, I want to ask i don't want to take the show away from you but did no, no, you, no this is back you, and forth man there's no plan there's we're, no we're, we're keeping we're it loose we're crazy it loose. ride here i don't know what's gonna happen oh my god i can barely contain myself um <laughs> did you watch like when did when did you okay have you ever like consistently watched any late night talk shows like what regularly do you mean consistently like every night no, because I don't even think I did it every night, unless it, <laughs> unless it was the summer. Maybe on summer vacation I did. Like once a week, twice a month, uh, anything like that. Or was it always just under certain special circumstances that you'd watch a late night show? Yeah, so in the 90s, um, not really, no. I mean, I knew of Letterman, but again, I I remember them joking. I, I remember this specifically, and it was Conan and Letterman. I remember them joking about them on The Simpsons. And I remember, um, and it's ironic because now I've learned that Conan was a writer on The Simpsons. And I know they wrote an episode right after um, he went to late night, I think. I, I don't remember the specifics of it, but... It was the I didn't I remember, do it, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. My voice And I cracked. remember, like, it was just, it was kind to me, because I was a good boy. I went to bed on time. I, I, I remember just as a kid being like, late night was like late night. And like, I go to bed, I didn't watch it maybe some clips in the morning highlights or whatever that I remember specifically, but I like, I remember the image of Leno and, 
um, and Letterman, because those are the only two. I think in the '90s, right? Obviously, Conan was doing. Um, he took over for Letterman when he went over to CBS, but um, it was only really them, right? There wasn't too many other. I know Oprah eventually came along. Ellen in the in early 2000s, I think, but there weren't a lot like there are now, right? Am I correct or am I wrong? I I think there were morning talk shows for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Because um, that's how Letterman got his start, really. After doing the weather, he had a briefly had a morning show. Oh, right, 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 right. So I think things like the Today Show or Good Morning America or stuff, those have been around for a long, long time. In the middle of the day, I don't know, like Rosie O'Donnell is the first one that I can think of. She had like a four o'clock in the afternoon show or three o'clock maybe. Um, and she got really popular. I don't know. Do you remember any of that? The Rosie O'Donnell show? No, not really. I, I know a lot of people had brief stints of shows. Like didn't Bob Saget have a show briefly? And yeah, maybe. a bunch of random actors and comedians all got like shots. Some of them, not every, not all of them obviously, but. Um, I, think Pat, I think Pat Sajak briefly left Wheel of Fortune. Because oh. they gave him a talk show, and he had the Pat Sajak show, and when it failed, he went back to Wheel of Fortune. I think, I, but I don't I have to check that out. Yeah, yeah see, you're I right. Remember... Joan Rivers had the Joan Rivers show. Yeah, and yeah you're right. Yeah, but what I do, what I did want to say, and this was kind of my lead into loving Letterman. I don't remember when it was. It was right around YouTube was getting popular. And I remember, because I loved Jim Carrey growing up, and some of my favorite interviews of Jim Carrey are with David Letterman. And I remember really getting into going back and watching old clips because I, again, I had an, I had a fascination with celebrities. I love talk shows, and again, we talked about we've talked about this many times in person. But this fascination of celebrities outside of their filming and and being in mm -hmm. movies, like we mm -hmm. talked about the Oscars, like it's so exciting. Jack Nicholson's there in a suit. I loved celebrities on talk shows. Robin Williams is one of the best. Johnny Carson, right. Letterman. Yeah. And I remember getting into this phase where I loved watching celebrities on talk shows, not plugging their movies. I didn't care about them talking about the movies they're in. Like Jim Carrey had some really good bits, especially in the 90s when he was getting really big, like 94 and 95. Um, and he was just joking. And Robin Williams has got a great collection of just being an idiot and just like it's a whole comedic act. So that was kind of my jump into it. And I always loved celebrities on Letterman because it seemed like Letterman is just throwing away the cards and he's just laying back. And I love his laugh and I love him just, he comes across as so serious, but he's not, he's, he's very funny, but kind of dry. I don't know if you get that sense uh, from him too. You obviously have watched more, but I just, there's something about that. I love that he kind of seems like and, and jay leno said this in the um interview where if they were a duo letterman would be the straight man and jay leno would be the the sidekick the the, the funny one or whatever they're called so i i always got that vibe so when you pair letterman with bill murray or letterman with um steve martin or any of the, jim carrey rob williams any of these crazy wacky comedians it's a really good pairing it's like him and paul shaver I think they have a really good back and forth. So, sorry, I went on a little rant there. That was kind of my introduction to Letterman. Um, what was I going to say to that now? Uh, yeah, and if I, I watched that same interview you were referencing there, mm -hmm. and um, Leno said, oh, it was so great to be able to catch Dave off guard. And he said, 
he says in, Leno says in that interview something about, oh, that thing I did with the sex magazine or something. And I was like, what the hell? I got to figure this out. So then I watched the clip that I think he's referring to. And it's back on the old uh, late night show, late night with mm-hmm. David Letterman, when Letterman had the 1230 slot after Carson. And Leno was on as a guest mm-hmm. again bef- before Leno was hosting anything. So they're just yeah. two, co- two comedians. And Dave was probably like, sure, I've known Jay for years at the comedy store or whatever. Jay can come on. And when you watch that, the two of them, Jay dominates. Like, Jay comes out loaded for bear. And he's, yeah. like, just taking over the conversation. And he won't let Letterman speak. And he's <laughs> and he's given it back to Dave because I guess Dave had just done an interview for Playboy magazine. Okay. So Jay brought with him the, the, the issue of Playboy that Dave had did, that had been interviewed in. And you could tell Dave didn't really want to talk about it. And Leno brought on a fake uh, prop magazine that was like uh, um, women are our equals or, or something like that. Yeah. Like he was like, this, he's like, this is the magazine that I do articles for. Like, you know, because <laughs> Dave was in Playboy. Um, so anyway, that was just it was interesting to watch. And I, to your point about Dave and his sarcasm and whatever, like you could tell he was a kind of person who liked to be in control he liked mm-hmm. to be talking with people who were maybe a bit less comfortable than him on this particular format or someone where he was free to ask the questions and and steer things the way he wanted to go um and and that's why to your point i liked watching him with guests for sure but i think his his strength He's good. He's a good talk show host, and he's getting more into serious talk show discussions now with his yeah. Netflix show. Um, but in his comedic heyday, I think he was best with just like regular people, mm-hmm. like when he would go down into the audience, you know, and these people aren't used to being on TV, and yeah. they're going to be shy or nervous, or when he would do sketches where he'd go out into the public, and he could just dominate, right? Like mm-hmm. he was cocky, he was confident, he knew he was funny. And that's when he was at his funniest, I think, was um, the sketches and stuff he would do. Because he was so uh, irreverent is the word people use, right? Or or um, um, he'd push the envelope or he'd mm-hmm. make things awkward. Again, kind of a precursor to the sort of extreme humor that we got with something like Jackass or, you know, he was kind of the early yeah. days of, of pissing people off. Right. Mm-hmm. You could see he'd, he'd talk to people in sketches and he'd be annoying them and they'd be like, get out of here. And they'd swear at the camera or something. And he thought that was so funny. <laughs> and he would just keep pushing them and keep pushing them. And you watch it and you almost cringe. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's doing that. But that's the sort of edgy humor that he was originally known for. And you could tell he just kind of liked pushing people's buttons. So was he a pioneer of cringe comedy? Because. I, I, I learned a lot of stuff researching The Office and kind of the history of cringe comedy and how The Office kind of just blew that. I mean, like the, the British office didn't really work. It worked for the, uh, in, in England, but it didn't quite work in the States. So was Letterman like a little bit ahead of his time with his comedy? Do you think? I, I think so. I think he's the precursor for like a Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm. He, you know like now he takes it to a whole new level ali g right it was his ali g and borat yeah. and yeah. Uh, bruno like all those things where we the audience know are in on the joke mm-hmm. but the people he's interacting with think it's legit and he just puts them in really awkward or gets situations or makes them mad or whatever 
that I think was sort of Dave's thing. Whether he was the first to do that, I probably not the first, but maybe amongst the first to make that a popular style of comedy. Interesting. And I want to say you watched the newsroom, right? I think you yeah. watched it once. There's yeah. a line in it where they were they they compare Jeff Daniels, Will McAvoy to Jay Leno, and they say that uh, they they in the context of the show they're saying he doesn't bug anyone, he's safe. And I, I, it's always resonated with me because that's kind of the evolution of the character of Will McAvoy, where he becomes more pushy with people. He picks a side. Like, that's the whole thing, right? He doesn't pick left or right. He's just safe in the middle. And I'm wondering, is was that the Leno-Letterman dynamic? Was Leno the safe, have the guest on, plug a show, plug a movie, plug a thing, move on, don't push any buttons, don't ask any questions, whereas Letterman was a little more... I mean, he got flashed on his show by Drew Barrymore. <laughs> and was, I don't know what else yeah. crazies happen. There might be other examples of that. But I'm just wondering, was that Letterman, was he the spontaneous, crazy, you never know what's going to happen on Letterman, whereas Leno, it's pretty run-of-the-mill, straightforward. Well, yeah, exactly. And I was frantically writing while you were saying this because I wanted to think of all the examples I could think of, of or write down all the examples I could think of of, of noteworthy or controversial uh, episodes of uh, of a show that Letterman was hosting. Whereas I can't, I don't know any with Leno. I can't mm. name you a single famous episode of Jay Leno where this Hugh, infamous thing happened. Was Hugh it Hugh Grant that he had on the show after Hugh Grant had an affair or something? That's the only thing Maybe. that I can think of. Maybe. Was it Hugh Grant? I think it was Hugh Grant. I think he, 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 it was a big buzz episode where he got him to admit about what he did or something. I okay. think. Don't quote me on that. I'll, I'll, you talk. I'll fact check that because I want to make sure I'm right. I can just think of one now too. Uh, Schwarzenegger announced his uh, plans to run for California oh, governor. Oh, I just watched on that on the, the Arnold documentary. You're on right. The Tonight Show. Yeah. yeah. But other, if it weren't for that Arnold documentary, I wouldn't have known that. Like I'd no. never heard of that. Whereas Letterman... I can think of an infamous episode where uh, Cher called him an asshole. That was famous. Uh, I can think of an infamous episode where he and Madonna got into a heated debate. Um, I can think of an episode where uh, Crispin Glover started doing Kung Fu and kicked the coffee off the the mug off of Letterman's desk. Uh, okay. Do, do you remember any of this? No, I've never heard of that. I know. Um, I remember Cher. Yeah. So Crispin Glover was just like being difficult and irreverent uh, during the interview and then like got up and started doing any kick and Letterman was like feeling threatened and he like got up and he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he, they cut to commercial and they had to like escort Crispin Glover out or something. So that was one of them. Of course, there's the famous uh, Jerry Lawler punched Andy Kaufman. Yeah, I knew that one. Yeah. Um, um, Joaquin Phoenix and that yes, thing. Remember? Phoenix, yep. <laughs> Remember that? So, yeah. and then there's the whole Oprah thing, which was um, after the Letterman hosting the Oscars and doing the Uma Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, that apparently allegedly that pissed Oprah off, and yeah. uh, at least that's how Dave tells it. And Oprah wouldn't be on the show. They had courted Oprah. She had maybe been on in like the early '90s. This was now like the mid 2000s. She hadn't been on. They'd always turned her down. So I forget what sparked it, but Letterman did a whole campaign of saying, like, we want Oprah on the show. And he's ready to apologize <laughs> to Oprah and let's let bygones be bygones. And 
he made this joke for the longest time. It was just a joke. And then one day he announced, he was like, Oprah's coming on the show. And then they had like a countdown to Oprah and they had a big portrait of her that would come down every night. And he said he and Oprah were going to dance. And it, it was just this like thing that started off as a joke and got hyped up and Regis was involved somehow. Anyway, w- watch clips of it. It's very funny. And then when Oprah came on, it was like this historic show. Her, her, um, the color purple was opening on Broadway, just down the street. She was, oh, okay. produ- she was producing it. And yeah. at the end of the show, he, uh, Letterman walked Oprah out of the theater and walked her down the street in front of like crowds and cameras and stuff and walked her to her premiere. And then she went into the premiere of Color Purple. That's amazing. From straight from doing the Letterman show. So big, big shows like that, infamous stories of, of talk shows and Hollywood legend. Um, I just, I, I associate with Letterman and not really with anybody else. So to your question, yeah, I think that was sort of, his mm-hmm. thing was to push the envelope a little bit more than yeah. Leno did. And maybe that's why Leno was the more popular. I don't know. And I just fact-checked. So it was Hookergate when Hugh Grant was interviewed in 1995 by Jay Leno about his infamous hooker situation. I don't, I don't know the details, but that was one thing I came across. But yeah, the, the Joaquin Phoenix thing, I remember, like, I think everyone knew about that. That was, like, front-page news. Um, oh, and Michael Richards come. Sorry, I just bumped my mic. Michael Richards coming on after oh, his racial uh, rant. Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry was there, Seinfeld. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's why I liked it, right? It's much. It was more interesting television. Yeah. Um, no. So sorry, but why did you find Letterman? It was just because of these YouTube clips, like those same, like seeing celebrities. You could have seen that on Leno or anybody else. What? You yeah. Just, and- it, it was just when I was doing my search, I don't remember specifically what headspace I was in. It was just always Letterman clips. Again, I'm sure Leno and old Johnny Carson clips started to come up too, but it was just always Letterman. I just, just naturally, you know, how it's kind of like a dream, right? Where you don't really know how you started. You're just yeah. kind of in the middle of the dream. I just ended up in Letterman's lap and I'm like, I love it. And then I, my uncle as well, who um, met him after a show, a, amazing story. My uncle says he went out after the, after the taping and Letterman was out back in an alley or somewhere. And he went right up and talked to him. Um, I don't know how the hell he worked that out, but I remember Letterman him always was talking just about standing in an alley. He was just standing there. I, I don't really know where I it would have been at the Ed Sullivan theater. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't I, I, all I know is that, but I know he used to talk about him. My mom used to watch Letterman. Um and then leading up to his last show, obviously we went and saw him too, but like that was a big deal. I remember watching his entire show. It was the same thing as uh SNL. I remember SNL's 40th 40. year was yeah. a big Yeah, so I remember I remember watching Letterman's show live and I remember um uh a lot of celebrity deaths. I remember Robin Williams' death watching Letterman. Um there were a couple others too, but that's basically it. Again, I don't have like a rocky, emotional, inspirational story about Letterman. It's just I just ended up watching a lot of his stuff, and um, yeah, and then I was super stoked to go see him, even though it was the most lackluster show, <laughs> arguably. But you like it because there were no celebrities. It was it was just boring Letterman talking. It's right up your alley. Well, yeah, I love when I love when I don't like the celebrity. That's great. no. Well, I always forget. Was it Meredith Vieira or was it Katie Couric? Who did we see? I don't know. I don't know. But I, but I do want to say just because I think this story is amazing. And yes, yeah, so we went to Letterman and all that was great. But 
I was also very fortunate to meet Paul Schaefer on a plane from, or to, no, from Thunder Bay. And I, it was a small plane. He was sitting up at the front by himself and the courageous Adam got out of his seat. I went up and shook his hand and he introduced himself obviously and, and, and welcomed me to sit down beside him. I shot the shit with him for about 10 minutes on a plane and it was awesome. He talked to me about his start, meeting Letterman, some funny stories with guests and it was awesome. He was a, a true Canadian delight because uh, he's from Thunder Bay. And, um, yeah, so I just wanted to, and then it was nice to see him. I didn't talk to him when we were at the show, but it was nice to see him again. (laughs) Hi, Paul. (laughs) Good to see you. It's me, Adam. Um, well, now I've got some questions about that. So what, what's with this plane? Like, was he not in first class? Like how did it was the, it was the first class version on this plane. So Thunder Bay is a small, like place like there's not a lot of people on the plane so they don't use a big plane i don't know the names of different types of planes but his version of first class was no one beside him and a little bit more foot space or leg space that was but it other than that it was a regular commercial i saw the back of his bald head in our seats and you said that's paul schaefer that's paul <laughs> why no my mom my mom pointed him out in the airport because he was waiting in our terminal or whatever it's called to go he was just sitting there no one was talking to him Whenever I hear stories of people meeting celebrities on planes, I, I and this just like, speaks to how much I don't know about how much things cost, but I'm always so surprised that they just take regular passenger mm-hmm. planes. Like, I get that Thunder Bay is probably not very easy to get to, but like, you think he'd hire a private jet or something <laughs> at least to at least to fly him from Thunder Bay to Pearson or yeah. to Detroit or something, right? Where then he can fly out whatever but i don't know that just boggles me that he would just like any other schmo get on a no no offense (laughs) yeah i'm a schmo it's fine to get on yeah so am i to just get on a like a a rinky dink passenger plane from thunder bay i don't know is that i guess they just they're people too well i mean paul schaefer isn't like tom cruise so i i don't i wouldn't see tom cruise doing about the same height yeah All I remember is he was changing flights in Toronto. He was going from Thunder Bay to, to Pearson, then Pearson to LAX. That's all I know. Wow. That's all he told that's, me. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a remarkable story. That's so yeah. cool. No, I always, I always find that fascinating. And that's my little Letterman connection as well, because I didn't really know much. And then uh, your Paul Schaefer story, please share about the trivia question that you were asked in line at Letterman. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. I'll, it's not much of a story, but um, we were... We all had so I don't know. Do you want to do the context? So Ryan. Okay, Mauricio. I guess well, I want to talk to this, tell this story anyway. So yeah, let's let's you you talk for a bit the whole history of us going to see Letterman in New York. You want me to? Okay, sure. Yeah. 2014, 13, yeah, well, you 14. Can, you can you can 14. Yeah, you can chime in anytime if I miss something. Yep. But um, we uh, it's how we all met the old uh, viewers cut gang uh, Ryan Mauricio Adam and I plus our friends Tanner and uh, our friend Lisa came uh, she, she was my girlfriend at the time um, and uh, I, I guess it was reading week was coming up it was February uh, it's that's just like a like March break for anyone who doesn't have reading week um, so I don't know how it's, I guess someone got the bug. Like, let's take a road trip. Do you remember who came up with it first? It was probably you. (laughs) I would imagine. (laughs) Hey guys, let's take a trip. This will be great. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, probably. And uh, I don't know what was tossed around. Like now, I, I can't imagine being like, let's go to New York. Like that would just never happen. But mm-hmm. someone said New York and we did the math and we crunched the numbers and we realized that we could rent a van, like a minivan that we could all fit in if we all chipped in. And if we all crammed into one hotel room, that it was down to it was going to be like two hundred dollars a person. It was very ni- cheap for three nights in New York. Yeah, you couldn't do it now. Uh, and t- our friend Tanner, who was on the viewers' cut, he uh, was a big holdout because he was the know. only one I remember a little hesitant. Everyone else was in from right from get go. Those were the days. Uh, <laughs> 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 um. And, uh, and so, I don't know, I guess it was just the, I, I probably did what I could and, and convinced him to come and he said he was in. So the six of us went and, uh, I just can't, and it was like really short notice, right? Like, didn't we plan this like a week before? Yeah. It, there's a little, very little planning. We used, I think we used like a hotels.com or something like that to find, uh, the room that we, anyway, it was right in downtown Manhattan. And, uh, and sure enough, we did it and it, and it all, I don't know how much detail you want. We thought we would all be able to take <laughs> turns driving, but I was the only one over the age of 25 <laughs> and so you had to drive the whole way. And at the enterprise rent a car. Yeah. You could only pay for one person driving. So I was like, all right. So I drove the whole way. I don't know. It was longer on the way back. Right. We got yeah, there. It's all, good- trips always feel longer, but I think we also hit more traffic on the way back. I think it actually was longer and it felt even longer. Yeah. I think we made pretty good time on the way there. It was like nine hours or something. And, uh, anywho, when we knew we were going to New York, I thought, I, geez, we were ballsy back then. I thought, uh, let's try and see if we can get on Letterman. Like, I think tickets are free. They tape five shows a week. So it's not like it's rare, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like it's a really, really hard thing to do. So we did the thing that it says, like, if you want to see tickets to the late show, you go on the late show.com or whatever we did it. And, and you can help me remember you just, put in your name and you just apply to get a ticket. Is that right? And then you have to wait for a call. You say the dates that you're going to be there. Yeah. And then you see what happened. And I was filming a movie because we were at film school and I was in the middle of my shoot and pulling my hair out. I didn't have this many grays before. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, Lisa, Lisa got the call and she was like, come here, come here, come here. And I was like, I'm in the middle of something. She's like, come here. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I was like, okay, what is it? And she was like, it's the late show's calling. And I was like, oh my God. Um, so we called them back because I had missed the call, obviously. And uh, they asked a skill testing question, which was what, in, for me, it was what instrument does Paul Schaefer play? And I think you guys can attest to this. They just have to do it. Yeah. They want for, you to get the ticket. They want you to get the ticket. Even if you don't know, they'll. I think they'll give it to you. Yeah. Uh, but, but of course I knew, I said, oh, he plays the keyboard and they go, well, you got two tickets to Letterman. So I thought, great. Uh, and Lisa and I are going, but we just, I just wanted to go. I think we, t- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got to go see Letterman. I hope everyone can come. I don't know if anyone else is going to get tickets, but that's not going to stop me from going. So I know that Lisa and I are going and I don't know how to bring it up to you guys. And I'll throw the story over to you. For the rest so of <laughs> yeah, okay so that yeah this is like two different perspectives so um lisa at some point told us that you got tickets 
and she urged us to go. I think of the four of us, I think I kind of wanted to go the, the the remaining four. I don't remember how excited Mauricio and Ryan were. I know they liked Letterman. Tanner couldn't care less. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, who? <laughs> yeah. So she urged us to do it. So Ryan and Mauricio, I don't know their specifics, but they called and did everything themselves. I was in charge of our tickets because Tanner didn't care. And I, again, was on a film set when I got my call. Same question. I, I We were at, in line at Timmy's. I stepped out outside and answered the question. I told Tanner I was so excited and he didn't care. And uh, and then I found out Ryan and Marisa got tickets. So then we told Lisa and then it was uh, a collective decision to wait to tell you when we were in the car. Right after all the drama with you <laughs> finding out you had to drive all the way there. Surprise, we're all going to Letterman with you. Even Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I don't care. Yeah. So, so it so, was a nice little surprise. Yeah. So you guys, had you guys even pursued getting tickets before Lisa and I knew we were going? Or was I Lisa may and I have, going? What, I actually yeah. can't recall. I okay. think I may have. I don't, I can't speak for Ryan and Mauricio, but I remember talking to Lisa and her telling us that you had tickets before we did. So that I don't remember all the, the, the nitty gritty details, but you definitely got them first. And, but I, 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 I'm pretty sure I was, I was gung ho to go. Cause that was 2014. He was near his end. And at that point I'd watched a lot of Letterman. So I definitely wanted to go. I don't think he did announced his retirement yet, but it not was yet. Coming. No. It and that's what made it more special. That's what made yeah. it more special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, everything is good. We've all got our tickets and it's, it was the Thursday of the day we were going, if I recall yep. correctly. And it was, uh, you know, they film earlier in the day and we all went and, uh, we got great seats. Oh, okay. So before then, so they, you, you line up at a certain time and then they bring you into the lobby space or whatever. And then they have these interns or these handlers or whatever, who kind of hype you up and tell you about, about the do's and don'ts and f- no photography or whatever, all that stuff. And first of all, one of them was like, well, he's like, I can't say who the guests are, but you guys are in for a really special It was Sweeps show Week. Tonight. It was Sweeps Week. It was Sweeps Week. Yeah. And he definitely, he probably, that bastard probably says this to every single yeah. audience. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh my God, who's going to be, Barack Obama's going to be here. Harrison Ford's going to be like, who is, I, you know, you're just, your imagination goes crazy. Like what celebrity's going to be here? It was, uh, it was, what's her name? Connie Chung. No, what was her name? (laughs) Uh, Katie Couric. It was Katie Couric, which most of us were like, eh. Like, she hosted the the Today Show or something. Um, But, now, what did I answer that trivia question for? Was there a prize involved? No. (laughs) I don't think you won anything. There was, for some reason, they were talking like a little bit about the history of the show or something, and they were like, Paul Schaefer is the band leader who was in, <laughs> who provided a voice for the Disney movie Hercules. <laughs> why, why'd they mention this? I don't know. It had nothing to do with anything. It made sense at the time, but now I can't remember why they talked about this. And they were like, does anyone remember the name of the character that Paul Schaefer voiced in Hercules. And I always did remember, because I always thought it was weird that Paul Schaefer was a a celebrity voice in that yeah. movie. Like, I didn't realize he was a big enough celebrity to yeah. provide. And they, and they drew the character to look like him. Yeah. The character had the little sunglasses. So I just yelled out, Hermes! Because... <laughs> 
And I didn't give anyone else a chance to answer anything. And they were like, that's right. But I don't remember why we did it. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't get a, I didn't get a t-shirt or we didn't get to go in first or anything. So, that's so good. Yeah. So everyone was like, who the hell knows that? And then, <laughs> who's this weird movie guy who knew that Paul Schaefer voiced Hermes? I, I remember thinking, I don't know if, I don't know if we ever talked about this, but I remember thinking that, even though you're seeing these celebrities and even though we're looking right at Dave Letterman and looking right at Paul Schaefer and there's Biff Henderson and there's Katie Couric or, you know, whoever's on the stage. But I remember thinking because of the way it's lit and because there is sort of that fourth wall of like us, the audience, and then the people on stage, I remember thinking that it almost doesn't feel real. Like I was trying to imagine if some celeb that I'd love to see, you know, if Christian Bale walked out on stage or something, would I have been like, oh, my God, it's different than like meeting them in person or it's different yeah. than seeing them on the street like that feels like a celebrity in the real world. This did not feel like they were no. in the same world that we were in. This still felt like they were separated from us. I remember that vibe on Kelly and Ryan when Jamie and I on our honeymoon went to we went to New York and there were a couple guests on that show. There was a live performance. There was a guest that walked out and sat down. Like Kelly and Ryan seemed so fake it, just because yeah. they're so like on and like it's such a small space and all these lights and cameras. Yeah. And then I, I high-fived Ryan Seacrest outside. Totally different. Him outside and the elements going on like that. This, yeah. this, this was way better than him inside. So I totally agree with you. Yeah. I really liked watching Letterman um... – do the meet and greet with the audience before yeah. the show started. He came out, didn't have his tie on yet or his jacket. Yeah. And it was a very different day. Well, that's how right? we got the one bit with the one guy. I don't remember where he was from, but that was something that ended up in the show. There was some guy that said something yes. and it was part of the monologue. I think, I think you're right. Yeah. He would yeah. reference back to something that the audience uh, yeah. knew. Now, did you, um, but so you met Alec Baldwin on that trip like that, that was probably a bigger star-studded moment for you than seeing Letterman, I would think, or no? Like that's uh, I mean, that's more you interacting with an A-list yes. celebrity. Yeah, the yeah. Letterman thing was exciting. This is the Letterman show, but yeah, right. I mean, hundred percent. I didn't talk to Alec Baldwin very long. I talked to Ice T longer than I talked to Alec Baldwin. Right. I forget about but Ice-T. um, oh yeah, like he had a coffee in his hand. He was just outside. It was cold. He was he just a human. Like, again, he was filming a, a TV show, but, like, he was just a guy out there drinking. I remember my favorite moment of that whole thing was Alec Baldwin, after a take, going over off camera on his cell phone, reading a text. I even took a photo of it, I think. There's a photo of it. But I'm just, yeah. he's, he's just a guy. I think he's just a guy. His wife just probably texted him. He, he forgot milk or something. I don't know. He was yelling at his daughter. I don't know. He's yelling at... <laughs> uh-huh. Kim Basinger was trying to get a hold of him. I don't know. <laughs> Alex getting a lot of abuse on this show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, and that's the thing. That's just the whole New York thing. I got lucky to uh, to obviously um, to come across them and sneak on the set. But um, yeah, and like the same thing with the Paul Schaefer thing. Again, a different level, but it's just like he's just a guy who just it, – it's all about the stuff you're talking about. Like it's like when I brought up Stallone or brought up some guests, that's when it becomes otherworldly. But when, I was, when he was talking to me about his meeting Letterman and – like it's just a guy who got a job and yeah, it's, it's hard. And I, I, I'm guilty of it. I mean, I put celebrities up on a pedestal, not as much now as I used to as a kid, but when I was younger, for sure, it was like, again, I thought Michael Keaton was going to be on the show. Oh my God, it's Batman. You know what I mean? Like it's, 
And, I, and that's interesting, too, because we're kind of... And we talked about this in the Oscar episode, and we're going to talk about it a little bit here. I think... So, I listen to a lot of podcasts now with celebrities, but they're talking more about real things on podcasts. Obviously, it's longer episodes, less filters, no rules. And I find it more enjoyable because when you look back on old talk shows, it's obviously planned it's scripted almost where it's like this is what we're going to talk about this we're not going to talk about this that and the other uh like a lot of celebrities talk about the screening process the pre-interview before late night shows and talk shows and all that and where do you land like do you miss the old do you miss the 10 minute quick you know whatever they're talking about whatever bit they're doing and then commercial break maybe a second segment or, or do you like the podcast format where you can listen to, I don't know, Jerry Seinfeld or whoever talk for an hour and a half about mental health or whatever it might be. Where do you land? I land in the middle. So uh, I, I I haven't even watched all the episodes of uh, what it, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. Is that his, oh, yeah, his uh, Netflix show? Or yeah. is it just called My Next Guest? I forget. Um, yeah. That's a bit too long. Like I don't need to see a full hour with with tina fey or a full hour Mm -hmm. with uh whoever else will smith um that to me kind of feels like a stretch but the other end of that spectrum is i i don't know within the last six months i we haven't even talked about it yet but i tuned into um the tonight show as it is now with uh what's that guy's name donnie lonigan no uh (laughs) jimmy jimmy that's a letterman joke i stole oh with uh, jimmy fallon (laughs) and uh and keanu reeves was on and it felt like Keanu Reeves was out for four minutes. I don't know what it really was, but it just like was nothing. And Jimmy Fallon did the all the talking. And it was mm-hmm. just like, uh, and now maybe that was just Keanu. I don't know. I feel like Keanu has things to say in real life. But Jimmy was just like, oh, this is great. And, oh, you're so good in this. And you're so good at that. And all Keanu Reeves said for the f- whole time was, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Like he was just <laughs> reacting to whatever... Jimmy Fallon would be like, wasn't it cool when you did this? And yeah, it was. Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. went like, and it was just the most pointless interview interview in quotes I've ever seen in my life. Like I was like, I got nothing out of this. I know nothing about Keanu. I don't get to hear about anything he's doing. I don't get to hear his opinions about anything. So to answer your question, like, I don't like that. I don't like a full hour with one guest. My favorite was always on any talk show when the, you could, you could tell the guest, was like had a rapport with the host. Maybe they knew yeah. each other. Maybe they'd known each other for a long time. The guest is almost as entertaining as the host is. And it's always, it was Regis for me. Right. Oh, okay. When, when, Re- yeah, yeah. when Regis Philbin was on Letterman, it was just like a gut. You busted a gut every single time. Cause the two would make fun of each other and the two would wisecrack. And like, you could tell that was real Dave. Like Dave didn't have to hold back when mm-hmm. Regis was on, you know, he didn't have to, feign interest or pretend to be nice he was he called regis a pinhead one time like it was just but regis could take it and regis would give it back so and and sometimes regis would be on for longer regis would do like two or three segments like they'd cut to commercial they'd cut to commercial a couple of times and regis would still come back that's my favorite two or three segments and really just like cutting loose and really sort of less scripted what's really going on tell me about your life let's talk about this we could tell it would go off the rails and be unplanned that's what i like sort of a snippet into their life uh, but still have it be entertaining what he's trying to do now is more interesting but um 
I guess if they're going to get into like deep topics about things, I'd rather he have an expert in that topic. Come on. I see. Like okay. you don't need to have, uh, who are some of the guests he's had on that? Oh, show? he's well, you said Will Smith, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Barack Obama. Right. You don't need uh, to have Robert Downey Jr. Come on and then talk about global politics. Like, I don't know yeah. that if that's Robert Downey Jr.'s forte or not. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if, to me, it's like, if you're going to go 60 minutes or something like that, then, then, then have an expert on if you're if you're having celebrities on it should be entertaining okay see i'm with you too but my hybrid is around that hour where i draw the line is some joe rogan podcast episodes are like three hours and like i love like i love i I do enjoy joe rogan i don't know if that's controversial or not i don't care i think he's very i think he's a very good interviewer but for too long (laughs) like he's so good but i don't need to listen i've never listened to one what do they talk about well, it depend- he here's the thing, and I don't want to talk a lot about Joe Rogan, but he has everyone on. He has a whole spectrum of guests, I left, on. right, comedians, uh, doctors, uh, soldiers, comedians. He has everyone, and they talk about everything. I know he's a hot topic, you know, issue, and some people don't like him, and that's fine. You don't have to like everyone, but he talks to everyone about everything. He shares his opinions, but he also says, don't listen to me. Like, it's fine. Like, this is my opinion. Like, the whole COVID, people jumped off the Joe Rogan bandwagon because of a bunch of stuff. It's like, this was his life. He was making decisions. Don't listen to him if you don't want to. This is just decisions he made. But they didn't like that they were having guests on that were not necessarily for vaccinating everyone. And it got controversial. And it's just like, that's, I I like when guests and, and hosts of shows can ask some of these questions and be like, you know what? Like, you know, kind of push like you said with Letterman, push it a little bit. Like, like, why are we doing this? Why are we making these rules? So I do like Joe Rogan, but some episodes are way too long. Um, I like that hour. A, a good podcast for me is maybe with a couple commercial breaks or whatever sponsor sponsorships, whatever. I like that right around that hour mark. I think you get just in and out. And again, I'm with you though. I don't need celebrities talking about politics the whole time like mix it up talk a little bit about this a little bit about that career i i like a good balance and and whatever it might be so i'm kind of in that you know hour mark kind of like you know my episodes <laughs> of my show where you know you want to hit that hour 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 20 mark where i think it's good because you also don't want to overstay your welcome as well especially if you're running out of things to talk about is that a hint do you want? No, no, no. We're good. To, we're trying good. to wrap this. Up, to I did a two. I, I did a uh, two-hour episode with Cam. Like it's great, and then we're just having fun. But um, I'm not as controversial as Joe Rogan. So, <laughs> well, that can change. Um, did you? Was that you who told me to check out Conan O'Brien needs a friend? Was that you? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and I do want to talk a little bit about Conan because obviously he has some controversy there. So we talked about Letterman. Talked about Jay Leno. Little segue. So I, I, am a big fan of Conan. I think I might like him a little bit more than you. I don't really know where you land on Conan, but I do like his podcast. So he has an interesting career because he went through a bunch of different writer, talk show host. Now he's got his podcast and I think he's a really good interviewer. He gets good guests on. He has a lot of fun. I love his sense of humor. And I guess maybe we'll start with his brief stint on the tonight show, tonight show, I don't know if you were watching at that time, but why do you think it didn't work? Like, I, I think his ratings were pretty low. Is that right? Is that why they brought Leno back? Well, if we're going to 
I mean, if we're done with podcasting, I was going to ask you more about. We're not done. There's no rules. Talk about whatever you want. I I, okay. I was kind of segueing, well, but let's step back a bit. I know you were, and I set you up for that, and I didn't mean to get there already. <laughs> but if we're going to talk about the, I call them the late night wars two, right? Because okay. It's I, I would think well, I would want to put it in the context of one. I would want to talk about the history of the Johnny passing off the Tonight Show, and then the whole Jay yeah. Conan thing. And put that all together. So we can get into that now if you want. But I also want to talk about whatever you want. I wanted to quickly ask you about um, Howard Stern. Did you ever have you ever listened to like I know Joe Rogan's kind of like the king of the or was the sort of king of like celebrity interview podcasting. But Howard Stern's been doing it on the radio for 30 years. Um, Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of good clips of celebrities really talking about stuff with howard they seem to have a good rapport with howard stern he seems to get them to talk about open up and talk about stuff has he ever entered your radar yeah so here's again it falls in the same category as joe rogan and again i don't care if it's controversial i know howard stern has a i don't know the right word but a interesting history with what he's done on his show and i mean whatever more power to you do whatever you want if everyone's consensual in what they're doing i mean yeah, as long that- as he's not forced Force anyone to do anything, he can do whatever. But anyways. That was like the 90s, do, right? You're talking about the stuff he did yeah, in yeah, the yeah. 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, again, uh, people getting naked and riding right. things uh, yeah, and all that stuff. Um, whatever. If, if, you're, if you're not holding gun to someone and you're asking someone to do something and they decide to do it on their own free will, I mean, and it gets ratings, I mean, you can not like it, but whatever. Anyways, um, he's an amazing interviewer. And you see it now specifically, just talking about like the stuff he did do with some female celebrities back in the day and you look at stuff now i just listened to kelly clarkson on his show i've listened to carrie underwood i've listened to pink i've listened to lady gaga like really powerful very you know important women that are on his show talking and singing and talking about real stuff and it's like just kind of see the evolution not evolution it's not the right word but just i think a lot of people are comfortable with him they go there to open up i know a lot of people have talked about like it's like the Johnny Carson where like it was big for comedians to get on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. It was like a big break, Jerry Seinfeld. You get called over to the chair. It's a big deal. I think it was a big deal to get on Howard Stern. And, and I know a lot of people, it was like a milestone in their career when they get to go on and talk about him or talk with him. So where I land with Howard Stern is I, I heard early on when I was younger, he's kind of the bad boy. And, you know, whatever. And then as I've gotten older, I've listened. Uh, I, a, a great interview is uh, with, um, uh, what is his name? Not Wayne's World. Uh, Dana Carvey. He's got yes, a couple great interviews with Dana Carvey. He, Dana Carvey yeah. explains that he came up with the Lorne Michaels impersonation yeah. that, that Mike yeah. Myers stole. Paul McCartney him. talks yeah. about the Beatles breaking up. Ah. Um, there's so many good interviews. But then, like I was saying, just to wrap up, like he... he he seems so engaged when he's talking to people. I'm kind of doing my Howard Stern impression right now, but, um, <laughs> uh, you look just like, he him. just, he see, <laughs> he's, he's got a, he's got a voice. What is that voice? He's got a face for radio. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, he just seems so engaged and wants to know, like when he's talking about a song, how you, how, uh, how Kelly Clarkson wrote one of her songs or Carrie Underwood or, an actor or talking about roles or talking about anything. He just seems so, I watched a great clip of John Stamos on and he surprised him with uh, Don Rickles and Howard Stern stands up and he's just boom, talking about inspiration and talking about his career. And it just, 
I love it. Again, controversial, sure. I know some people that don't like him. That's fine. He's he's really good at what he does, objectively, in my opinion. You don't have to listen to him, but I love a good interview. I love when someone can break down barriers and just open up. And I like when celebrities are brought down on off their pedestal and just talk like human beings. And I, that's why I like this kind of avenue. Do you think there's something with a, a strictly auditory format that gets celebrities to talk a little bit more or open up? Now, I know that like Howard Stern and I think Joe Rogan too, like now they've started also filming. Yep. The Conan does of, as well too. Conan, Conan has some too. video as well. But I think there's something about the safety of not being on a stage, not being yeah. under the lights and the makeup and f- having an audience in front of you where they, they just feel like they're able to talk a bit more candidly. Well, especially with celebrities, because a lot of their time is done up, makeup, you know, their women, their hair. And you hear celebrities talk about it sometimes on podcasts, like they're in their sweats. They just, they roll to bed. They, they hop in the car, they get a coffee, they come and sit down and talk for two hours. Like I totally agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. So that, that's what I do appreciate about that is, is getting them to tell these stories. Right. And, and Again, we yeah. know that there's so much bad stuff happening in Hollywood. So anytime one of them sits and like opens up and talks about a bad experience they had, you're kind of like, oh, like I see you as so much more of a, a human being now. Quentin Tarantino to- talking about Harvey Weinstein on, um, I think that was Joe Rogan as well. I might be wrong oh. about that. But again, for a couple minutes, he, and, and I, it was just the most genuine, like, like Quentin Tarantino's like, yeah. I, I fucked up. Like he is just like, I, I should have said more to him. Like it was just, it was so like not trying to brush under the rug. It's like, yeah, a lot of people knew about it. It's really yeah. shitty and I don't work with him anymore. And it's like, yeah, that's, you know, Tarantino's still making movies. He's just making them with someone else now. And it's just like, yeah, I, I, I again, Tarantino had a great interview on Joe Rogan. Very mm. good interview. Hmm. So yeah, there's something to be, I just know you mentioned podcasts and that's sort of the evolution of the way things go. But if I'm going to listen to a podcast, it, it would be for that, right? I'd really want to get down into the, the, yeah. those I don't expect to be as fun or entertaining as I do when I, when I watch something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. So Conan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you were watching. I remember when it happened. I remember it like just kind of in the ether. But were you watching it? Like, were you engaged? Like, do you have what? Do you have like an opinion on it? Do you, do you have a stance? I was watching Letterman, um, and Letterman, <laughs> <laughs> Letterman famously chimed in. Right? Yes, you could, you could yeah. tell if Letterman was going to be like, "Okay, this doesn't involve me. I'm going to leave this alone." But he made some comments, yeah. and I think that kind of helped. And speaking of Howard Stern, Howard Stern also was very vocal about how unhappy he was with Jay Leno about this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and Letterman took a few digs at, at Leno, which but back to their rivalry, watching these uh, interviews by Neil Brennan that you and I just watched, I really get the sense that Leno likes Dave a lot more than Dave likes Jay. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I think Dave is a bit bitter. Um, Dave doesn't have too many good things. I've Dave Letterman was also on Oprah uh shortly after his uh, i forget when around the time he retired where he opened up about a bunch of things his sex scandal uh his heart attack and the rivalry and he really like kind of lamb lampooned jay he, he talked about how jay was like the most insecure person he'd ever met and how jay would stab you in the back and all those things we kind of talked about earlier yeah so that that could just be letterman's point of view but it certainly aligns with what happened with conan so what i want to say about the 
and I want to hear your thoughts too. Again, what I think is so funny about that whole thing is how similar it was to the Johnny Carson, David Letterman, Jay Leno imbroglio that happened yeah. 20 years earlier. And it was the exact same situation again of the execs at NBC. I don't know if it was the same execs in both situations, but NBC wanting to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. And NBC wanted to keep who they perceived as the hot new talent or yeah. Hold on to the hot new talent and not have to give up what they already yeah. had. And they didn't know how to make that work. And they both times they tried to do it that way. <laughs> so the history, the brief history is Carson is the king of late night for 30 years. Yeah. He, he's starting to show his age a bit. We've talked about Arsenio Hall came in and new guys were kind of coming in and getting popular and Carson would often take time off. And when Carson did that, he had guest hosts. That's not really something you see on talk shows, I don't think, anymore. But I guess it was like, I guess Carson did it all the time. And he would have people regularly step in and host the show on his behalf. That's how Joan Rivers got to be so popular. Uh, and Jay Leno was an extremely popular guest host. He Apparently, he did it for like five years. And as we saw when Leno hosted The Tonight Show, he got... The, as good a ratings as the nights when Johnny was on. So NBC sees the writing on the wall. They know Carson's going to retire at some point. They try to push him out, you know, kind of around his 30 year anniversary. <laughs> like, all right, old man, we need you out of the way. Um, and then Jay Leno's this hot new comedian. He's getting good ratings, but, Le but Letterman's killing it at 1230. So they go, well, we don't want to move Letterman up. Because just because he's doing really well at 1230 does not mean he's going to find an audience at 1130. And we don't want to lose Leno. And if we don't give Leno the Tonight Show, he's going to go somewhere else. And I guess, so yeah. I guess, I guess these other networks were holding off for Carson mm -hmm. to retire before. Like, I don't know why they didn't try to make a rival talk show earlier. But it yeah, seemed, it's weird. It, it seemed to me that they were waiting for Carson to go and then everyone was going to jump on the late night talk show bandwagon. <laughs> I don't know. Cause Paramount and ABC and all these people were in there trying to get their own version of the tonight show after Carson retired. So I guess NBC was like hoping that they could give the tonight show to Jay Leno and that Letterman would stay at 1230 and they could have both. And of course that's not what happened. Letterman wanted the tonight show. <laughs> But they that's what I don't get is they knew Letterman wanted the Tonight Show, so they knew that if they didn't offer it to him, he was going to go somewhere else. So I guess they were more prepared to lose Letterman than they were Leno. That's just what it comes down to, I guess. Yeah. They tried to keep them both, but they were like, if someone's got to go, it can be Letterman. I guess he pissed them off or something. So anyway, Letterman goes away. Letterman goes over to CBS. Leno's the host of the Tonight Show. Leno dominates in the ratings for the next 10 to 15 years and then 2004 nbc does the exact same thing to leno they kind of did to carson where they're like you know you're getting up there <laughs> what are you thinking about retiring and jay leno is the first to say i didn't want to retire i would have done that job forever like he just wanted to keep going but nbc said we kind of want you to step aside and because conan was getting hot yeah. So they're like, okay, well, Conan's getting hot. We think it's Conan's time to be in the spotlight. We want Conan on the Tonight Show. 
We don't want it. And this is the funniest part is they specifically said, we don't want a repeat of what happened after Carson <laughs> retired. So Leno announces that he's going to retire in five years. And in 2009, he's going to step down and Conan's going to take over the tonight show and God bless him. And he has my blessing. And that's just going to be it. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? It's as clear as day. So to your question. So then they give the tonight show to Conan in 2009 as planned. And I guess the ratings weren't very good. Is that right? I don't like, know. I'm not sure. I think he debuted strong. And then there was like a very quick drop off. Interesting. And I think maybe it wasn't also wasn't critically well received. And people go, oh, and I think NBC then panicked and went just like before with Letterman. We knew Letterman was doing good at 1230. He may not do good. I think they all went, oh, shit. Conan's audience is 1230 yeah right the 1230 audience is probably like males age 14 to 22 or something <laughs> like that right and they're probably like that's conan's a bit too low brow for the 1130 crowd that's my estimation of the whole thing. yeah and they went holy shit what have we done because <laughs> leno's sitting there going ah, i didn't want to retire so Le- leno's sitting there being like why did you guys push me out you you wanted Conan to come in. Conan's not doing for you what you thought. I think they panicked, and just like twenty years earlier, they went, "How can we get both? Can can we make this work that we have Leno and the same dynamic? Leno and and uh, Conan, Leno and Conan. Like that was a great team. We got to capture that back. So then they they give Leno the earlier spot, right? They invent a new primetime talk show for Leno <laughs> because they can't, because Conan's at 1130. They can't kick Conan out, right? He's yeah. there. So they're like, well, we can't bump Conan back. So we'll move Leno up. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> So they try this cockamamie thing and that doesn't work. I guess the Jay Leno show or whatever. Did you ever watch that? I don't know. No, no. I remember it happening, but no, I wasn't that, um yeah my my obsession with conan came much later than that so you weren't a conan fan during during all this no 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 tbs is when i started watching conan and maybe i'm the problem because (laughs) not just me but maybe i'm amongst the millions of people who were the problem because i remember conan being really funny at 12 30 i would watch letterman then i'd switch over to nbc and watch conan yeah. At 1230. Well, Conan's a little dirtier. Conan's a little, his sense of humor is a little bit different than Leno's. So maybe, again, I don't really know the dynamic between 1130, 1230, whatever the difference is. But yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Conan's got a maybe a more specific taste. Would you agree? A little bit more of a niche audience than a Jay Leno? I don't know, really. But um, I like Conan better than Leno. But obviously I, other I, people. I remember thinking he was really funny. Now I was like a teenager. Yeah. But I remember friends saying like, oh, you got to watch Conan. He's the best. Conan's the best. I remember people saying that. And I was like, who's the, like, he was still kind of unknown, right? It's like the 2000s. He wasn't on for very long. And that's, I think, when he really picked up was the early 2000s. Um, But, but I, I say I'm the problem is that when he was hosting The Tonight Show, I didn't watch it. Is the Tonight Show maybe too prestigious for him? Maybe it's too big of a stage? 
if the, yeah, if you're asking me why, yes, I think I think Conan again appeals to just like you said a niche audience. I think Conan yeah. works at that twelve thirty demographic, like teenagers who are up late eating pizza. Yeah, and, and, you know uh, that's who watches Conan, or that's what mm-hmm. I thought. Um, and yes, you're right. Like I don't know, just picture Conan O'Brien and Johnny Carson side by side. Like Johnny Carson had class. Yeah. Johnny Johnny Carson had the biggest stars of the day. I don't know. Did De Niro ever go on Conan O'Brien? Like to me, those I can't. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he did. I just can't see that. Yeah, I I I, I know uh, Conan's had some good guests, but he does lean a lot on the comedian side for sure. He had the every every um, talk show host seems to have a running gag. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel's got his running gag with Matt Damon. I love Conan's with Paul Rudd. I thought that was awesome. With the I don't even know what was you don't at? know what the bit is. So no. it's from that old. Uh, it's uh, Paul Rudd would famously go on whenever he's plugging whatever movie it is, and always show the same clip from some cheesy old movie about this alien falling in a in a cart over a cliff into the water. <laughs> and every time he's on the show, he'd play, it, and everyone loved it. Very similar to Matt Damon, like. Uh, not letting Matt okay. Damon go on the show for Jimmy Kimmel. So I always like that. But now that I think about it, Conan does have a lot of comedians on his show for sure. Like the, I could, the initial ones that come to my mind. I could just picture, again, maybe I'm talking totally out of my ass and maybe I'm wrong, but if I, I could picture Al Pacino. Maybe not. He's not a great example, but I don't know. Give me a classy celebrity. Somebody with like, a classy who's like, celebrity. Who's like uh, a revered celebrity. Like, uh, Meryl uh, Streep. I don't know. Like I couldn't... Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> hey, watch the big idea. I'm back from the dead. Um, no, like a Meryl or something. I couldn't see sitting beside Conan, right? Conan Ezra be like, Miller. Ah, you know, and be like doing his doing his weird like Conan thing. And I could just picture Meryl Streep being like, "What am I doing here?" Like this, you know, like, that's just the impression I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Conan O'Brien can sit down and have a serious conversation and interview serious celebs, but I think at the time he was a goofball. Yeah, he was a goofball. Hundred percent. So that's why I don't think he worked for the Tonight Show. Now everyone said, you know, it was this one. He did it for not even a year before. Yeah, very small stint. They tried to bump him. Um, Could he have grown into something? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You got to give these things time. I think we. we talked about Jimmy uh, Fallon a little bit. Uh, maybe just a, touch a little bit on the current state of late night, who we have on uh, air right now. Where do you land? I know, obviously, your example of Jimmy Fallon wasn't the greatest. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, um, Stephen Colbert, who took over for Letterman. Do you like any of them? No. <laughs> <laughs> like a big turnover right like like you didn't have leno anymore you didn't have letterman anymore um craig ferguson had retired so i did want to give a quick shout out to craig ferguson oh yeah i did really used to like craig ferguson and a lot of his old shows are on youtube right now i think yeah like le- legitimately i think they've been like archived and are being released and i'm i'm re-watching a lot of those from like 2010 uh he was really he was totally unscripted he was yeah he really pushed the envelope of what a late night talk show was supposed to, like he just mocked the whole thing like didn't have a band yeah you know and that show's uh, done now right because james corden took over for him yes 
and now they're done. I don't think because James Corden's done now, and I don't think they're continuing. They didn't announce a successor. As of right now, I don't think so. Wow. Yeah. So that's the end of the late late show. As again, don't quote me on that. But there's another person added as well. I know he's done now, but James Corden was obviously popular for a little bit. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a lot of games, a lot of carpool karaoke, a lot of. Which, again, I like in small doses, but, yeah, and, like, Jimmy Fallon can drive me crazy, can drive me crazy well, too. So, to answer, to answer your question, and I want to ask the same one to you, uh, I, after that turnover happened and it was, like, the new guard were coming in, I remember decidedly thinking, okay, I'm going to give The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon a try. Yeah. He was bringing it back to New York. There seemed to be some hype about it. It seemed like it was going to be classy again. He... He was doing some old stuff that Carson used to do, like having multiple guests on at a time. Yeah. So you got to see the celebrities like interact not only with the host, but with each other as well. And he included, started including celebrities into the sketches and stuff, which I thought was great. I thought that was going to be a lot of fun, but it just got tired fast. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think, I think Fallon's uh, lack of interview skills really comes out. And he leans too far into the like, hey, let's just have fun. This is, yeah, it's so great. It's hilarious. Like, it's just, let's, it's nothing but goofing off. And you know what I mean? I agree. I agree 100%. Like, again, it, it was great seeing Tom Cruise lip sync. And then that kind of show, that, that segment got a little tiresome after a while. And, um, same thing with James Corden, carpool karaoke. There's some really good ones. But it's like, oh my god, he's done so many. And uh, the Crosswalk, the musical, was great. Watching Hugh Jackman and whoever out there performing in the middle of, I don't know, Rodea Drive, I think, or somewhere in in L.A. But then again, it's all he did. And then he brought Tom Cruise in one of his last shows to go perform The Lion King. And that was fun. So again, it's just a balance. Sometimes it's too much. Sometimes it's a lot of fun. And he had the celebrities out at the same time too, right? He tried to yeah. shake up the formula a bit. Oh yeah, there were some great pairings every once in a while. Just kind of like uh, Graham. Is it Graham Norton in yeah. the UK? In the, yeah. I love his setup. I love his setup. I don't think that's is that late night or is that daytime? I'm I'm embarrassed. To I, don't say I don't know. But I, I love that. I love random celebrities just interacting. So I think the problem is they haven't found none of them have found the right host yet. So yeah, uh, like James Corden. I don't know that he was ever the right choice to host to interview people like again it's got to be a good conversationalist right it's got to be somebody who's interested and can move the conversation forward and i don't know that any of them including kimmel can really do that maybe kimmel's the best i don't know who's your favorite right now yeah you had to to pick one had to pick one um i don't there's small moments of Stephen Colbert that I like. Overall, I'm not a huge fan, but um, that's what I mean. I'm, I, in my head, when I go to think about a conversation sitting down, none of them really – everything's comedic. Like Stephen Colbert having drinks with Jennifer Lawrence. That was fun, but it wasn't serious. It was just fun. And again, that, some of that it's, – it's, sometimes it's fun. Um, James Corden had a lot of fun on his show. But then every once in a while, and I wanted to pick your brain about this, <clears throat> in today's climate, 
it would get really serious. Like, did Johnny Carson and David Letterman, outside of someone passing, like, have, like, a serious, super serious show? Like, Jimmy Kimmel has cried on his show, like, ten times now. With the, and again, serious things, and it's, I mean, but he, he talked about his baby having surgery, which was obviously terrible, but he brought up political issues about the political climate. And I remember there was an interview where Jimmy Kimmel said he lost like half his audience when he picked a side, quote unquote. And again, Hollywood, very, you know, left wing, liberal, but um, I think a lot of people didn't like that where he they, like, is he using his baby as a, as a prop as a, and he's crying and all the shootings that are happening, like Jimmy Kimmel's crying on. And like, I get it from the human side, but it's just like James Corden brought up a lot of political issues. So I, I'm, I'm going back. I, I watched a great clip of Johnny Carson and he had, um, Ronald Reagan on and it was a great interview and it didn't seem so heavy. And that was in the 80s. Like, there's a lot going on in the 80s. But it, it was a conversation. But it wasn't so serious. And, like, I don't know. All this, you know, finger pointing and virtue signaling and all that. I, I don't know. We're in a weird age now where I think our talk show hosts are really picking their side and really kind of virtue signaling a little bit too much for my liking. But that's just my opinion. I don't know if you've had you know well, well, I think you're bang on, right? Like, uh, to answer your question, yeah, like Carson, so far as I know, and certainly Letterman and I think Leno too, stayed uh, pretty apolitical. Yeah. Right? Like, just didn't want to alienate anybody and had mm-hmm. people on from, from both sides of the aisle. And Carson uh, famously, you know, didn't talk about his personal life. Uh, Letterman personally, very famously, didn't talk about his personal life. Yep. Um, so... Yeah, you're right. It's a totally different climate now where, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking somebody got personal about something once. Mm-hmm. I remember Jimmy Kimmel talking about that guy who hunted a lion. And he, like, told everyone his name. and, and Oh, I, didn't, I don't even know about that. <laughs> that was one of the first times I remember Jimmy Kimmel crying. Yeah. Uh, it was about this guy and the, the lion he killed. And, and uh, he was trying to draw attention to, like, poaching in Africa. Uh, so maybe that like got a lot of ratings or his popularity really sort. So now the, now the thing to do is, is I don't know, like open up and, and be personal, yeah. but um, I don't want to watch that all the time. Again, is if that's a crutch for just being able to be a good interviewer, yeah, you can't, you can't rely on that. Just like James Corden couldn't rely on carpool karaoke and Jimmy Fallon can't rely on flip cup with Miley Cyrus. Like that can't be all (laughs) that can't be all you do, right? You have to be able to just entertain the audience, just you and the camera, you and a microphone or you and a guest for 15 minutes. It's like usually seven, right? But seven to 14 minutes. If you do two segments with them, you got to be able to just have a good conversation and make that entertaining. And here's the thing too, that, Again, it kind of bugs me, but it's like I, I brought up Tom Cruise before. I just feel like on most of these shows, it's like he's he's about to be promoting the new Mission Impossible movie. I guarantee you, he's going to come out and be interviewed. What was it like doing that stunt? And just like so, like scripted and like we're going to hit all the points we have to hit. Like I would love for a, a half an hour conversation with Tom Cruise about anything other than his stunts or his you can't handle the truth and uh, you had me at a low. Like they're, they're just hitting like points that can like go viral. And like, Oh he was talking about 
uh, riding a bike off the cliff again. No, I want to talk about Tom Cruise. Like, are you scared about dying? Like, legit. And, like, how far are you willing to push these stunts? And I would love an hour interview about how nerve-wracking was it holding on to Top Gun for two years. Like, did you think it was going to ever be released and get, like, and that's what I want. I think Tom Cruise is probably afraid someone's going to be like, so Scientology. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Maybe that was a bad example. Yeah. He is that Matt. He's got some viral, uh, like his Matt Lauer interview is great. Um, but I see what you're saying. It it doesn't have to go that aliens don't need to be involved, Yeah, but (laughs) you can, you can still, my apologies to anyone who practices Scientology. Yeah. Um, but you can still ask them a bit more than just the absolute most superficial. Yes. And you're, you're right. I think that's all Fallon can do is yes. just the, like, Oh, wasn't that cool? Tell me that was cool. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah that, that was cool. Yeah, it was like, that's, and, as, that's yeah. as deep as they go to compliment James Corden. I thought the bit again with Tom Cruise, uh, the, t- them playing Timon and Pumbaa in the Lion King was an amazing bit because Tom Cruise was just, being himself and they were joking they were they made me little jokes and stuff but it was just out of his element it was fun and like again it's just again a a hybrid if you can just find the right host that can have a little bit of fun maybe a game or two but a good interview and i just think we're leaving that area just because of how freaking popular influencers are like influencers now are now new talk shows like just people of youtube channels are getting i just listened to a youtuber that interviewed thomas jane on the punisher i'm like years ago that would have to be on a talk show now youtubers i got larry hankin on here say, you're there yeah and it's like again we're talking about different types of celebrities but it's like it, it's incredible now that if you have a microphone and a youtube channel or some sort of platform you're a talk show host in some ways. I have Andrew Dodd on my show right now. <laughs> I, had to, I had to get six, a hot, months, six months yeah. with my agent to negotiate this. I'm gonna it's, have just, to it's, it's just fascinating. Agent. It's fascinating. Like celebrity now, again, we've talked about this with Oscar, the Oscar episode, but like celebrity culture and everything's changing so much where it's not Johnny Carson having Burt Reynolds or Robin Williams or rodney dang danger dangerfield um and don rickles like it's not that anymore it's like you know it's still kind of there but give it another couple years and it's it's gonna be all podcast it's gonna be all like i don't know i like daytime seems to be doing okay but i don't know about late night yeah we didn't even talk about ellen ellen yeah yeah she she was great in her prime she kind of followed Rosie O'Donnell. It was like the same yeah. same time slot sort of thing. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, again, we've talked about it. Celebrity has just changed. Hollywood has just changed. And again, the the heyday of Johnny Carson was maybe the heyday of celebrities. They were still sort of royalty. They were still sort of admired and respected. And there weren't as many of them. No. You know, you weren't inundated with celebrities all the time. And when there was, there's that many celebrities you kind of start to ask, well, what does it mean to be celebrity? Like, what does that even mean? Like we, Mm -hmm. you know, you used to have to have talent or you used to have to be a performer or an artist in some way. And now celebrity can just be anybody who gets followers on social media. Then you're a celebrity. You don't really do anything. Yeah. But you're a celebrity. So when Jimmy Fallon has some TikTok star on, I'm like, (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't care less. Right. Like why would I, why would I watch that? 
I don't. Yeah, influencers and YouTubers are going to like Comic Cons now. They're having their own panels. To do what? And people are going to get going to get interviews. Yeah, a couple what YouTubers if- I watch and I like them. But they are going all across. Oh, they have a whole circuit in the states that they're going to, and people are going and paying money to talk to them and get their pictures signed and shit. It all harkens back to a simpler time, right? Like Steve Allen is the true father of late night talk shows. Like he, when the Tonight Show at that time was just called Tonight, um, yeah. when Tonight aired with Steve Allen. I think it was at a time when you had three channels to choose from and the other two probably went off the air at 11 o'clock, right? They played the national anthem and then poltergeist and then that was it. (laughs) Um, But so you just, that's just what you watched. If you were up at 1130, you just watched Steve Allen and then that parlayed into Jack Parr and then into, into Carson. And for 30 years, you just watched Carson. If you were up, that was it. It was like, what's he going to do? And now because media is everywhere and you don't even need to watch TV anymore, you can watch content on your phone or your device. Just the landscape's completely changed. I, I doubt any Gen Xers are, or Gen Zers rather, Gen X. I doubt any Gen Zers are watching talk shows. Right? No. Like, do, do they care that Keanu Reeves is on <laughs> Jimmy Fallon, right? No. And then we didn't even talk about poor George Lopez. So... <laughs> I, out of all the people to feel bad for, I feel the, the worst for George Lopez because he had a talk show over at TBS. Yeah. And then when Conan left The Tonight Show and was shopping around at where to go, Conan landed at TBS. He bumped Lopez back. <laughs> he, he did the same thing to Lopez that Leno did to him. And same thing. He came out on the George Lopez show and stood beside him. And, and George Lopez said, we're welcoming Conan. We love Conan. Don't worry about me. Conan's not doing it. And Conan was like, yeah, I'm happy to join your family. And then it was like six months in and Lopez went off the air. Like he just, <laughs> he just drove him. Conan pushed him right out. And so that's, that's just like a little third chapter to that story that I don't think anyone talks about. So nobody's really innocent in this whole thing. Except no, for no, Lopez. no. And I get I think that goes along with just Hollywood and movies too, like movies and executives. Like, how many movies have stumbled and fallen because of decisions execu- executives have made where they just don't like, that's where we're at right now too, where I think people are so like, you got to get results right away or you panic and you, 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 you fix it. It's just like, no, let, let things be like old TV shows like Seinfeld and today, like Seinfeld wouldn't last a, like more than a season today because Seinfeld people would panic and can't, it didn't pick up till season four. Yeah, and like Four. they wanted to can't they wanted to cancel Breaking Bad after season two, and it's like no, let things be like Jimmy yeah. or Jimmy, uh, Conan should have been given at least five years, and yeah. if by year four it's not working, then make a decision. But like within a year, deciding that you're gonna make a change, it's like no, people need to adapt, people need to change. Let let uh, I was listening to something, and they they said it perfectly. Let your show find its audience it's not gonna happen in one day you're not gonna things usually the office another great example didn't blow up until season two and it's like that could have been canceled we could have been deprived of good solid seasons of the office because it didn't have its audience right away and it's like no we gotta let people adapt and just kind of you know take a risk we gotta take risks now i bet you letterman was risky and um 
I don't know any other risks. Uh, but it's just like we, we can't be so safe. Like just see if something works. If it doesn't, wipe your hands clean and change it up. But Conan deserved a little bit more of a shot at the Tonight Show. I feel obviously a little bad, but I think it worked out fine for him. He'll he'll be okay. <laughs> no, people have people lack conviction now, right? You're you. Yeah. And I listen not to get controversial or political, but I feel we were already there, baby. I feel the same thing in politics, like to a to a point, obviously to a safe point. Like not if if someone's becoming a despot, like like a Putin or something, then no. But you know, like in the states, there've been some unpopular presidents recently, and <laughs> I, I I'm kind of of the mindset of like if you if you elect, oh god, I'm gonna get canceled. If you elect some. <laughs> It was nice having you on the show, Don. Thanks, everybody. It's been fun. (laughs) I'm off to Argentina. Um, If you're going to elect some numbskull, then you almost kind of have to let them make mistakes and you kind of have to let them screw up so that you have the teeth to afterwards say, that was clearly a mistake. We're never going to let him or someone like him be the president again yeah like you kind of have to let them do bad or do good like i'm not saying anyone in particular would have done good but when you don't let someone do what they're gonna do that person's always gonna come back and be like i never got my shot you're giving them ammo to continue to be like i got deprived of something if conan was a bad host if hypothetically they should have just as you say let him be a bad host. Let him be a yeah. bad host for two, three, four, five years. And then everyone with conviction can say, that's it. And no one would be sitting here anymore being like, Conan got robbed the Tonight Show and Leno pushed him away. Let him push himself away. Yeah. So I think that's true in a lot of arenas, politics being just one of them. If you make a decision, follow through on it. If it's the wrong one, let it prove that it's the wrong one. And then you can properly course correct and learn from it and go somewhere else. Yeah. But totally agree. That's not how things work. No, not at all. You got very short attention spans, and we got to make changes right away if something's not working perfectly. <laughs> Which, as we know, nothing is perfect. Um, do you have anything else written down that you wanted to touch on before we wrap it up? I think we covered pretty much everything. <laughs> the entire history of television. <laughs> well, did we miss anyone important? Considering we had no plan, we managed to talk. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's not bad. Hour, hour and a half. Did we yeah. miss anyone? I don't know. Who did we not talk about? Uh, uh, I think we're good. Bill Maher. <laughs> oh, sorry, Bill Maher. <laughs> but another transformation from uh, a talk show. Now his podcast, uh, or I don't know if it's considered a podcast, but he does like a little segment, which I really like. Um, but yeah, no, I think we covered everything. We, we talked about our boy Letterman. And uh, Dick Cavett, watch the old Dick Cavett show. He had a talk show. <laughs> and I remember at the beginning of the episode, I think I said Bob Saget had a show, but I think I was confusing with America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk I think about it was that. Chevy. I think it was Chevy, Chevy Chase, Chase. I was thinking. Yes, Chevy Chase had a brief about, show. We didn't. Talk and Bob Saget did America's Funniest. <laughs> oh, and <That's> Full House. <laughs> oh yeah, we forget. Yeah. Now that you mentioned Full House, I got a lot of things to say. Well, That'll be our next show. Hopefully, you you're not canceled. Stamos. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, Chevy Chase is like the early '90s. Everyone wanted to get in on the late night thing. They thought yeah. Chevy Chase was gonna be. The and next he did the weekend update too, right? He was big on the yeah. his one year at SNL. Yeah. 
Right on. Well, thanks for joining, Doug. We covered a lot. I hope uh, it makes sense listening back to it. But if it doesn't, we apologize. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was great sharing. Uh, that We have lots of memories together. But uh, sharing our little Letterman kinship is very nice. I'm glad we got to do that. And, um, yeah, let's watch some Jimmy Fallon episodes next time we're together. <laughs> I'll be watching my old YouTube clips of Letterman and Craig yeah. Carson. <laughs> and Carson. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for joining, Dodd. And uh, do you have a signature ending line? We have anything? What did Letterman say? Should have said, "Here's here's Dotty at the beginning when I came out, but that didn't. Oh, he totally. <laughs> oh, damn it. That's okay. That's all right. I like tune the. In, uh, tune in the, to Raised on Film next week when Adam's guest will be. From the San Diego Zoo, Joan Embry. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to in The Simpsons when uh, it's the Shining episode when he keeps breaking down the door and he's like, "I'm yeah. Mike Wallace. I'm." Yeah. Can, we gotta do the whole bit. So he, he doesn't he say David Letterman first or he second? Comes in, he comes in and does. Here's Johnny. Yeah, but nobody's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes in again and he says, "David Letterman," and it's just, <laughs> it's just Grandpa in the room. Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. And then the third one, he does the whole intro to 60 minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Perfect way to end. There you go. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.